I definitely think some of the key things that have helped me get to where I am today is being able to have a 30,000 foot view of vision of where I want to go, but also being able to execute at a high level and an elite level, but most importantly, having long lasting relationships with those people that I sell to. Welcome to There's a Better Way. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, professor and academic director, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss how business principles can provide solutions to problems we may face in our professional and personal lives. This program is brought to you by Fisher Executive Education. Welcome to There is a Better Way. I'm here with Anthony Schlegel, uh, president of The Difference USA LLC. Welcome to the program, Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me on. Great to be here. Great, Anthony. So can you tell us more about yourself and what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Texas. My dad was a uh, high school and college football coach and, you know, I actually played football at the United States Air Force Academy, transferred to uh, the Ohio State University to play football and uh, graduated from there in 2005. My last season was 2005 that I played in the NFL for a little bit and moved back to Texas afterward and really got into uh, strength conditioning. And Jim Trussell, uh, who was the head coach at Ohio State at the time, uh, offered me a position to come back as an assistant strength coach. And so packed up the family, moved them back to uh, Columbus, Ohio, and was a strength coach and uh, associate director for football sports performance there uh, till 2015, won a national championship with Ohio State in 14. And, and then while coaching and getting my MBA from the Fisher College of Business, I actually had this concept and idea for a product and patented it, started a company. And now all I do on a day-to-day basis is sell product that I invent to high schools and colleges and the NFL and sports performance institutions and just having a great time being a husband and dad. That is great, Anthony. That's a nice way of summarizing yeah. that. So you've been a double Buckeye. You did your uh, bachelor's, you did your master's, and you worked with the Ohio State football team. And you did a lot here. So great, great, great job in it. So tell, tell us more about going back to your uh, the product idea. So the, the podcast, as you know, is, is about like a better way of doing things. And Absolutely. And- there is a, I can certainly see a lot of connections in what made uh, the company and what made you as a, an entrepreneur right now. So walk us through this process again. What made you think about this product and what made you actually now do what you're doing right now? Yeah, so in 2014, we won the national championship and Coach Meyer and Chris Ash, who's now, who was the head coach at Rutgers University, is now the defensive coordinator at the University of Texas implemented a drill called the difference, right? And it's all about hand placement and hand striking. Everybody in the game of football has to use their hands, right? Mm -hmm. Except for the quarterback. So there's 21 people on the field at one time. They all have to be able to use their hands. Mm -hmm. And in college football, we have the NCAA governing body. Well, in the off season, football coaches, as a strength coach, I'm not allowed to use football apparatuses to work on their hand striking. So we just get really creative, Mm. right? And I was working with all of our players in the off season about how to develop their their strike, but I couldn't actually coach them. And they had to go onto the field or into the indoor. So now the customer, which is our student athlete, had to leave kind of their normal area and then go over and work on this craft. 
Mm. Some did, most didn't. And so while coming up with a solution, the initial solution was let's just get two by sixes and because we can't use pads and let's let a guy hold the two by six and then I would hit him with my hands in an athletic position five times and then they would switch and I would hold it for my partner. And then I saw guys just throwing these on the ground and I as a strength coach that's kind of facilitating our operations on the field or like, all right, these guys could roll their ankle. They could hurt themselves. Do I have enough two by sixes for each individual position group, et cetera, et cetera. Then I actually heard Dan Gilbert speak to our team about seeing a problem through a prism. And I started looking at this whole striking problem that we have because I couldn't use football equipment. And I said, okay, so I'll use a heavy bag or we use a medicine ball, but everything required a partner. And so the problem wasn't that we didn't have a lot of apparatuses that we could work on striking. The problem was if they were there and they were football related, I couldn't use them because the NCAA or I had to have a partner. So let's just eliminate the partner and let's take this product that I can't use on the field because it's against the, the rules. Let's take that, modify it, and let's bring it into the weight room where it has strength conditioning applications. And now I can get guys working on their strike in the weight room without a partner all year. So that was kind of the development. And then it came from, okay, how are we going to do this? So I engineered it basically on the whiteboard in my office and it started the first prototype. I still have it. It was a dip bar with two pieces of angle iron to make uh, a tube. And then I had a two inch tube and a two by six rafting carpet and a 70 pound tour lawnmower spring. And I stuck it on a rack and guess what? Guys started hitting it and they mm. liked it. And what really sold me on it was Pat Elfon, who's a Buckeye. He's now the starting center for um, the Minnesota Vikings. He was transi transitioning from the guard position, offensive guard, to offensive center. And then after a workout, he went over to my prototype and worked on his snap and stab 20 times from his right and left. And I was just sitting there watching this happen I was like, you know what? That was 40 reps hmm. that he just got in like five minutes or less. He didn't have to have a partner. It didn't take him his time. He got his protein shake, walked out, went to his locker. Hmm. And I was like, he just got better. And so kind of from that concept arose our company, the Difference USA, the Difference, the Ultimate Striking Machine. And now we're in 22 NFL teams in 88 plus division one colleges. I don't know how many we got. We got a lot of them. And, uh, and now we're just really starting to penetrate the high school market uh, based off of my marketing strategy of created for the elite by the elite, because high school coaches go to colleges to see what they do. So if I have adopters of my product at the highest level, that's how I'm going to market it. And we're finally seeing the fruits of that labor now starting our fifth year of sales. Hmm. That is, that is a quite an interesting, fascinating story here, Tony. Anthony, let, let me go back to this. I mean, like, so you talked about how you got the idea and you talked about how right. you actually experimented it. I mean, this is quite usual. I mean, because all, uh, some of our listeners might be having million ideas like what you just had, 
How do you take that from an idea and a design? You mentioned that you did this and you drafted some design in your office. You experimented. Like, tell us more about what was the process that you used around that, and then how did it make it successful? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so a couple of things that I say. I actually heard one from Dan Gilbert. Um, it was take the roast out of the oven, right? Mm. And another one for, as a strength coach is it's all gas and no brakes. So, so I resigned from coaching. Didn't really think about that I was going to start this company. I got convicted, and. Uh, so once we started it, I had this initial prototype and basically in five months I started sales, which that doesn't happen, mm. right? Like people want to, they want to figure it out. They want to make it perfect. It's never going to be perfect right out the gate. Like you just got to go. And so the first thing was I took this prototype and I went back to Texas with my buddy who um, does a lot of welding and stuff. I said, okay, here's my idea. How can I put this? on a rack here's what i want to do and he and i just straight up welded our own first i would say gen 2 prototype so then i bring it back to ohio i stuck it on a rack and i used it every day and i saw all right what would a, a an athlete like about this what wouldn't they like what would a coach like about it what wouldn't they like mm. and then i made gen 2 and then i made gen 3 and when i say i made all these things like i made them all right and it mm. happened like in light speed because I knew I had a great idea and a great concept, but you got to get it to market. You got to take the roast out of the oven. So finally that third gen was a bolt on attachment that I had um, different inserts for different sizes of the racks because I knew the number one added value would be getting kids in the weight room in college football to strike. Hmm. So I had to be able to fit it onto a weight rack very easily and all the racks are all different so i made inserts that would fit a two inch a three inch a four inch a five inch insert and they would bolt it onto the rack so it wouldn't move right mm -hmm. and that worked really really well and it would it would because it was bolted together it would handle the violence that it would take right the punishment that it would take because it's also spring-loaded and it shoots it automatically back to the start so there's pressure going in, there's pressure coming back and the racks are really heavy and it has to be sturdy enough. Yeah. Well, boom, let's just start selling. Right. So mm -hmm. I had grade a bolts, uh, grade eight bolts in it that can handle a tremendous amount of force that kind of handled the, the force generated from the, the spring recoiling back to its starting position. Well, as you get the product to market, you see that strength coaches and athletes, they're not as apt to using tools mm -hmm. as I am. Mm -hmm. And the bolt was a limiting factor on the speed of changing out the various spring tensions that you would use during a workout. Mm -hmm. So I would also built my own testing machine in, in our shop. And I said, you know what? There has to be a better way. What else out there? is like it that can handle the amount of force that I want to put on the striking machine. And I found pull pins that you would see on a bench, right? Or uh, there's other things that use pull pins, but you just pull the pin out and you put it back in and it can handle a lot of pressure. Hmm. So I straight up grinded off my bolts and I put these barrels and these pull pins on and I struck it 380,000 times. I said, guess what? They work, you know? <laughs> 
So. And then over to over time, I figured out like what I really needed from the pull pin, and we just kept modifying it over the last four years. But now we have a product that's pretty much bulletproof. I mean, I still have people using it, even my Gen ones like four years earlier, uh, and it all works. Hmm. So it was just that that mindset that here's a problem, create a solution. I know it's going to work. Let's go. Right. Hmm. All right. I got to modify it again. You know what? As I'm constantly just looking at how do I add more value? How do I lower my margins? How do I create a better way? Let's create a better way that also makes our product better, that's more efficient, that increases our margins at the same time. And so throughout that entire process, that's just what I've constantly been doing. But now it's it's pretty much rock solid. Yeah, I mean, this is great because what you've done is instead of planning, 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 you planned, you designed, you experimented, you learned from that, you refined it, you planned, you designed. So that quick learning cycle actually uh, enabled you to like get more insights and develop better product. With that too, Arvin, mm-hmm. is the fact that you got to have the relationships oh, yeah. with the people that are using it mm-hmm. so that you can go get the feedback from them too. Like that was yeah. the number one thing in business to me is always the relationship because if it's just a product, they're not going to give you their feedback. Absolutely. Right. But yeah. when you're like, Hey, I just want to add value to you. What do you got? What are you seeing? Mm-hmm. Now I get them all collectively saying, Hey, here's what I need, boom, we can go generate that solution and we can learn from it, we can prototype, we can execute and we can just go at light speed. Yeah, absolutely. So that's great. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is the foremost factor that determines these kind of successes. So, so my question along those lines, Anthony, is like at some point now that you're pretty much established, you said you're in pretty much in every NCAA um, universities, you're in like several NFLs and high schools, you're now an established person or at least the product is established. But let's rewind back to those days in your Gen 1 and Gen 2, where there is a lot of IP risk here. Because again, you have a great idea, and you have those relationships, but uh, I mean, uh, it's easy for a, a well-established giant um, to just come in and take that and explore that, right? What made you take that risk? And like, how did you even think about IP at that on those days? Well, you know, like, People like a giant coming in and like potentially taking your product and running with it. Yeah, taking yeah. your idea and like yeah. and then doing it better than what you had because at that yeah. time you're just building and you're doing it by yourself, right? But compared to like right. a big sports utility manufacturing company coming in and just stripping it off. Yeah, that's a great point. So again, this is where the MBA is invaluable and it just you know being able to through the process of like even my MBA and we can talk about it later. Mm-hmm. But just you figure out what your go-to-war skills are. And one of mine is just a vision. And part of that vision is, what if somebody does copy you? What mm-hmm. if they want to do that? So what I did was I went to every single one in the space they want to go to. Everybody in college football knows that I invented that product. Great. The relationship and ties are so strong there. Like, I'm the only guy they're buying from. Yeah. But two, then you look at the market of strength conditioning equipment. So what I did was I went to every single strength conditioning manufacturer and said, listen, you could probably take this idea. You could get it. You could manipulate it, make it your own. I mean, it's patented, but there's always a way. So I made them all sign NDA non-competes. And I said, listen, I'm a rack accessory to your rack, hmm. right? So if you took mine, you're only going to be able to smell, sell it to a small pie of which the people that have your specific rack. 
why not just partner with me and be a distributor and say, when you go into a school that potentially has hammer strength racks and you're a rogue, you could still sell hammer strength rack attached striking machines, but then you could also come in and sell them bumper plates, mm. right? Or bars or things that move the needle for you. Right. And so all these different manufacturers, it's like, it's, you know, it's their opportunity of saying, Hey, I got a great product. Yeah. You don't have our racks. That's cool. But you can buy this product from us to start them to build a relationship for them to come back and potentially sell more weight equipment to this school. Yeah. So by being able to show them that and have those relationships with all those different manufacturers, I basically kind of created my own little niche that I am a partner for you. And then also when I went into a room that had power lift or hammer strength or Sorornex and they wanted a solution, I brought in that weight equipment manufacturer and said, okay, my, my thing is, striking machines your thing is weight equipment mm. i want to create a solution with your weight equipment for my striking machine for them so an example would be the indianapolis colts mm. they have power lift well in their indoor because they got tired of dragging their five-man sled from outside into their indoor we created pods of power lift uprights in their indoor for all of their position groups to have their striking machines in their indoor. But then when they go inside their weight room, they still use the same attachment and striking machine on their weight rack. So now not only did the manufacturer make money on the solution, but they also made money on the sale because they're the ones that sold it. Hmm. So by doing that and not me having to try to control everything, I can just stay and do what I do best which is create the solution and make striking machines. And so by playing nice with everybody, I'm able to go move the needle. And now we're receiving quotes like um, Liberty University just got a huge one. Or Maryland's probably a better example. They had five um, striking machines and Sornex is redoing their weight room. And now they're doing 24 striking machines on their Sornex racks because Sorornix is redoing their weight room and it's now on their PO. And I just get a, a, you know, a PO for 24 striking machines for the university of Maryland. Right. So at the end of the day, there's always an opportunity for everybody to make money. And I think sometimes in business, everybody wants to get greedy. Mm. Yeah. I want to go make it all. It's like, no, just don't be greedy, get everybody involved and let's just create a solution for the coaches and add more value than we take. Yeah. I think that there's a valuable lesson here for our listeners because what you're saying, Anthony, is again, you mentioned this idea of relationship that actually helped you to even um, like other than rather than uh, going through this laborious patenting process and waiting for all these things. I mean, like your relationship and getting the product out there, getting your face out there with the product, help others to understand like, and this is your idea. And again, that also gave you that uh, entry level barriers for others to actually not easily come oh. in and copy. That's great. There's another fascinating question for you is again, um, um, what's next, right? So if you think about it, this is a great product and this is getting um, uh, like the utility of this is beyond, I'm assuming beyond even NFL and football to other other sports, right? Where you have to have uh, strengthening, hand strengthening exercises. But like, are you look, looking at the whole aspect of uh, now uh, predicting things and 
and using this as a like using um, digital sensors and looking at again how am I going to like help people do things differently by using you mentioned about repetitions and these things and and how do you see yourself moving? Right. Yeah, so to your point of barriers of entry, mm -hmm. I always say this: I don't worry about people trying to copy it because I'm just always going to be enhancing it and making it better, and then they're going to try to start from what I got. And so that in itself is a barrier of entry plus with what you're talking about. And, and it's crazy. And this goes to in business, you always got to focus on what moves the needle, mm -hmm. right? Cash, cash is king. But even in 2015, when I first started this, um, this company, I put an accelerometer on it and I ratchet strapped it to a tree outside St. John arena, which is right outside of our stadium. Mm -hmm. and Bobby Carpenter and I signed autographs for four hours, and if we signed an autograph, you had to hit the striking machine with the sensor on it. Mm. I know there's a space for that. Mm. The thing is, I haven't necessarily had the capital nor the time mm -hmm. because the number one thing I want to do is penetrate college football. Sure. But now we're evolving to where now's the time where I can start making that to where it's a valuable uh, – of. Uh, a valuable option for them, but you, you have to do it the right way yeah. and you can't cheat it. So we can take a little bit of time working on the sensor. I just came out with arms on it. Mm. And this is again, you know, experiment. So Larry Johnson, I mm. was watching coach Meyer talk about hand fighting on uh, the bit on Fox big noon kickoff. And he was talking about Larry Johnson. He's talking about arm fighting. So I called up Larry Johnson again, Mm -hmm. relationships are key yeah i said coach johnson would you love would you love arms on the difference he said yeah mm. so in five days i made arms mm. and i didn't i didn't reinvent the wheel i found an mma manufacturer that already makes arms and right. i said hey can mm -hmm. i can i buy a set of arms mm. from you uh, they're like sure so i bought a set of arms and then i manufactured a way to put arms on the striking machine. And I said, you know what? Uh, boom, here you go, coach. So after Michigan, during while they're warm, you know, getting ready for the Big Ten Championship game, I gave it to him. Mm -hmm. He started using it. Then I went back to him, uh, said, what do you think? What's the feedback? He's like, this is the best thing on the market. There's nothing like it. I love it. And so then I made a video and I tweeted it out and it got like 50,000 views. And I had all these people like out like Louisville. I, I'm driving back from Louisville. They saw the arms. They wanted to test them out. I haven't even made them, mm, that's right. but they want them. And yeah. so, so now I know that they want them. And guess what? In two weeks, I'll have a product that people will buy, but it's not going to be perfect. But that's where the relationship comes in. I say, coach, I don't know how much they're going to cost. I don't know how good it's going to be. But all I know is that you're always dealing with me. Mm. And whatever I got to do to improve it, to make it the way – you want it or to make it the way that it can hold up and withstand, like I'll take care of you. Like you're my beta, you know, but I'll take that beta from an elite level and I'll just keep enhancing the product to where I got it to where it's bulletproof. And then now we can just go light speed and start ordering the scale and really decrease that margin and just add so much more value to the coaches. Yeah, uh, that's great. That is, uh, and I know we're running out of time, Anthony. So I, I think one of the valuable lessons that I'm learning from your story is this whole aspect of, again, learning and trying and building relationship and then like using that relationship to improve 
good design. So, so I know there are um, a few listeners out there uh, who might be listening to you and saying, "What? Wow, this is amazing." Uh, but like, if if you were to like summarize and and tell them, okay, here are two or three things that you should know as you think about businesses in general. Like, what would those be, Anthony? Oh man, oh <laughs> that's, that's difficult. Yes. You know, I mean, one, you got to have the skills, right, in yes. business and. You know, for me, I'm a strength coach um, who grew up kind of a hillbilly in Texas. So I had these skills, but I needed tools in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. And so I went and did an MBA at the Fisher College of Business. Mm. And it expanded my vision. And I understood marketing. I understood finance. I understood operations. I was more of a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. And I still, to this day, I do my books. I do my marketing. I do all the sales. I ship it, but then you start to realize what you do at an elite level, but you also understand how do I partner with people? How do I get pe other people to do the things that I'm not necessarily, I don't, that hold me back from moving the needle. So I go out and I partner with a local company called Open Arms that works with people that have disabilities. Well, they come in and they make all my boxes. They put my stickers on my machines. Hmm. You know, like they do a lot of my assembly work for me. So you start to, you know, think about how I can add value to other people and they add value to me. That, that's part of, of being in business and just solving problems and creating solutions. But you've got to do it at a rapid pace. And then yeah. you, also, you also have to understand what you're about. And in my business, I'm always about maximizing people through authentic service. Like my service is second to none. Mm. Right. And from that service and how I sell my product, I never oversell my product. I have schools all the time. Marion University. I want 15 striking machines. No. Like, who does that? Right. I do mm. because they are the way I market. So I'm like, you know what? Buy five and figure it out. Mm. And then if you need 10 more or you need five more, now you know how you're going to implement it. You're all in. Cause the last thing I want is Anthony Schlegel sold me 15 striking machines and I only need five. Like that's part of my marketing strategy. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when, so it's not always about the bottom line, everybody wants to go to scale. I want to go get into lacrosse. I want to go get into basketball. I want to go get into the military. That's all great. But you first got to move the needle and understand the why and understand your market and how you can penetrate that. And then you just got to go all gas, no brakes until you get there. Then once you got it and you're profitable, then you can look at, okay, what do I need to have? For me, it's distribution, hmm. right? So then you start to figure out how do I go get better distribution? Well, my distribution channel that I want to do moving forward is not from equipment manufacturers, but other people that are visiting the same coaches that don't sell weight equipment. So now, instead of me hiring a huge sales staff, I could just partner with somebody, be their solution, or hire one person or two people in the shop to field their calls. But now I could get somebody else to have 250 people out all across the country selling my product, and I could just be that solution for them in my shop, right? So it keeps my overhead low, but it keeps my sales high because now I have 250 people repping the product but that all stems from you know solving the mystery of sales yeah. and what do you really need but yeah. that's that's what you learn from an mba yeah, right and it takes time yeah i agree Don't and scale I, too fast 
Yeah, exactly. And I think I could actually have you talk all day. <laughs> Anthony, you're, you're so passionate about this and I know we're running out of time. So I, I can't summarize what you just told me, man. This is amazing. The idea, what I learned from you is this not just skill level. Skills are important. But what, what I can see as a common element across all your things is that you have been a very curious person. I mean, the curiosity mindset that you've had uh, and the skill that you've had on the relationship, that's what makes you different and your difference as a unique uh, proposition. So thank you so much, Anthony. I know this has been my pleasure talking to you. Uh, Thank you so much for taking some time in your busy day and go Bucks. Go Bucks, buddy. Yeah, let's do it again. Thank you so much, sir. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. For more episodes or information about executive education program offerings, please visit fisher.osu.edu.